0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad to have everybody back here with us as we get ready for another show today following the big win over Tennessee this weekend, 27-13. to 13. We got a lot to get to. A lot to get to. We are back up and running on YouTube here. If you guys are watching, you see I am wearing my Alabama jersey. Um, hope that's not too much of a problem for you guys. I just wanted to change it up a little bit uh, through this episode. What a weekend, what a weekend of college football. What a weekend of watching the Georgia Bulldogs take care of business, improve and show why they are the number one team in the country uh, and why they should have never doubted it, never should have doubted the fact that they were the number one team in the country. They come in here and prove it this weekend, and we're going to break it down. We're going to give you the recap of this Tennessee game. Tennessee coming in all week, talking a bunch of smack. If there's anything I learned from 2017 Auburn, you don't talk it. Just don't talk it. Let it let it play itself out after the game. Then we can talk all about it that you want to, and that's what we're going to do here. Georgia, big win, big 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 win at the house, twenty-seven to thirteen. What an atmosphere! What a game! There's just there's so much. Everything about this weekend was awesome when it came down to Georgia football. Um, so we're going to dive into that. We've got some other really big games to talk about. Obviously, there were some much big, much bigger games outside of just the Georgia-Tennessee game that happened this weekend. There's a lot of college football playoff contention and contending teams that did not defend that. There's some teams that didn't look all that great, but there's one thing and there's one team that did, and that's the Georgia Bulldogs. AP poll has not yet come out, which, again, you guys probably don't care about it anymore because uh, – It really doesn't matter. College football playoff poll that comes out every Tuesday, I think it does. Maybe it starts coming out on Sundays. I feel like it stays on Tuesday for a little while, though. Um, It's going to be coming out, and that's the one that everybody will pay attention to. I still like to look at the AP poll uh, anyways, but I, I foresee Georgia staying at the top of all of this. There's no reason even in the college football playoff poll that Georgia won't jump. Uh, Ohio State, especially after they looked against a one and seven Northwestern, and you can say, "Yeah, but Georgia didn't look all that good against Kent State." Okay, Georgia didn't look great, great against Missouri. Granted, Missouri has turned things around; and is starting to look a lot better. But the thing I'll say to that is, this is Week Ten. This isn't Week Three. This isn't Week Four. What what week did we play those teams? Week Four and Five. We're we're five weeks removed from that. From this point on. You don't need to struggle with a team. There's no reason this late in the season you should be struggling. At this point in time in the season, it's time that you put up or you shut up. That's all there is to it. You get into these games against lesser opponents or what have you, you have to show up in these games and show out. The later you go in the season, you shouldn't be struggling. The beginning of the season, week three through five, six, stuff, stuff like that, you're still trying to figure things out. Injuries happen. Trust me, if Georgia doesn't know anything, we know a thing or two about injuries because we are battling it right now. But we're not going to make that excuse. We're going to continue to roll week in and week out, um, and that's all you can do. It's all you can do week in and week out is just go through the guys because it's that next man up mentality, and that's exactly what happened in this game. There was an opportunity for Georgia to lay back a little bit, not to look as good, especially on defense with the guys that they lost, but they didn't do that. Did not do that at all. Some young guys stepped up and showed out in this game. A lot of guys stepped up and showed out. So glad to get to it Um Off the top, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at DogTalk20. You see it up there in the corner. Again, back on YouTube. Glad to be back up and running here. Also over on Instagram, the same thing as well, if you guys want to check it out there. But without further ado, let's jump straight to it. So dogs on top, as we said there, 27 to 13. Man, all my my numbers just kind of completely jumped off the page at me here. Anyways, dogs on top 27 to 13. What a great football game, great atmosphere. Kirby Smart called for it. He called for the atmosphere to be loud and ruckus, and it was that. I saw a lot of Tennessee fans, a lot of Tennessee haters, and things like that. They were coming out saying, "Uh, Sanford Stadium's not that loud. We're not worried about it. I think even a coach came out and said that Tennessee was going to hang 50 on them, that the stadium noise isn't going to make that much of a difference. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. Faux show, it did. Uh, penalties in this game. Nine of them. Nine of them for Tennessee. Georgia still had six for 60, and a couple of those came later in the game at some pivotal moments where Georgia really could have already had the game put away. Uh, and unfortunately, that didn't happen in some situations. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Did not matter. We're going to break down the keys coming up here in just a minute. But Georgia starts this game off, looked really good, stops Tennessee on their first drive of the game. Um, and then we fumble the ball. We turn around and actually fumble. I guess we technically got the ball first, fumbling it. We stop them on the first drive uh, to hold them just to a field goal, which to me that was a win because that's a great opportunity when Tennessee has good field position to drive down the field very easily as fast as they move and as fast as we talked about that coming into this game. Tennessee is a very fast-paced team. They're a very high potent offense, and Georgia stopped every single bit of that all night long. It wasn't until 4 minutes and 15 seconds left in this football game before Tennessee found the end zone. Before they found the end zone, if you asked anybody about that before, including myself, I picked this game 38-31. to I thought Tennessee would score. I thought this was going to be a pretty pretty even matchup and that I, th- I felt like Georgia would take care of the business in the fourth quarter and that defense would stand up. Um, that defense stood up this entire game. They had a short field there off of a fumble from Dejon Edwards that was punched out, and uh, they, they – I, th- I thought they had a good opportunity to drive right down the field. And that's when we knew immediately not only was the crowd going to be a factor, but so was the Georgia defense. And they locked it down, held them to a field goal there. Georgia turns right around and drives down the field and scores, making it at that point seven to three. Gets a stop again on defense and turn around, do it again with another huge, huge touchdown to Lab McConkey, connecting from Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett played with his head on fire in this game. He did not know coming into this one though uh, that some apparently some Tennessee fans had actually got his phone number. Got his phone number, and uh, after Stetson scored on that first touchdown there from a 13 yard run, you see him, you know, putting his hands up like a phone. Uh, that was pretty funny, kind of crazy to think that, that fans had got his phone number and they were just calling him all night long. Uh, kind of a wild thing to think about there, but. Nonetheless, Stetson does score, and then it connects with Lab McConkey on a huge touchdown as well. And then I can't remember if it was before the McConkey touchdown or after this that Brett Thorns- Thorson with a massive, massive punt for like 75 yards to pin Tennessee to their one. Before Georgia got a safety, Georgia got a safety, very controversial call in this game. Georgia sacks Henning Hooker in the end zone. Jalen Carter with the with the forced fumble uh, as as. Hennon Hooker's trying to pass. it. ball's dropped. Offensive lineman picks it up for Tennessee, and he's, he's literally laying completely flat in the end zone, trying to stretch his arms out of the end zone. Knees are on the ground, hips on the ground, elbows on the ground, everything, and the ball falls out of his hand and rolls to the half-yard line, and Tennessee, uh, another offensive lineman, falls on it there for Tennessee to have it at the half-yard line. And instead of it being a safety and Georgia getting the ball back with a, with a kick there, it didn't matter. They still had to punt it, but that still would have been two more points. So I do say at the end of this game, you still give Georgia two more points, 29 to 13, because there's no way that wasn't a safety. No, absolutely no way. But in the end, luckily it didn't matter. Uh, That was a a fear. You know, sometimes calls like that, they come back to bite you. Uh, But again, you can't make the excuses. You still have to be able to score one way or another regardless of what's happened with the old white and black zebras sitting out there. Um, so, luckily, again, didn't matter. And, again, I can't remember if that was right before Lab McConkey. I think it may have been right before that pass to Lab McConkey, where he absolutely just it on a dude. Ran right past him wide open in the end zone for an easy, easy 37-yard touchdown pass from Stetson. But at that point, puts us up 14-3, to and then we drive right back down the field after stopping him again. Actually, I think this was after a Keely Ringo interception. Uh, we drive right back down the field and score with a, uh, a touchdown pass from Stetson to Marcus, and Jack, Saint, right over the middle of the end zone. And at this point, 21 to 21-3, it was on. The thumping was on, and it could have got a lot worse. Could have got a lot worse for Tennessee. That's all right there at the start of the second quarter. At that point, 14 minutes left in the second quarter, just starting the second quarter. Dogs are up 21-3, to 3. thrashing Tennessee. Tennessee that came in here as the number one team in the country, quote-unquote, uh which I think everybody in Dog Nation, anybody listening to this, you know. Georgia was the number one team in the country coming into this. Even the AP poll, they knew it, the, the college football playoff committee. I think they owe Georgia an apology. I really do because they not only did they drop Georgia to two, which, again, everybody's going to say this right now. Rankings don't matter now. They don't matter until later. They're about to start mattering. They're about to start mattering. Where Tennessee drops after this week will matter for the rest of the season. If the top four teams in the country and Tennessee is not in that top four win out for the rest of the season, now granted you're going to have an Ohio State and a, and a, Missouri, or a Michigan that have to play one another. Some of these games are going to make themselves, you know, it, it's going to matter. But let's just say, and this is coming away from the game for a second, let's just say you have a second-ranked Ohio State and a third-ranked Michigan play one another at the end of the season. It goes down to the wire, a, a 28-31 football game at the end of the game. Do you think that's enough to keep Michigan out of the playoffs and not drop them one spot? That's enough to put a Tennessee back in? I don't know. But this is something that's going to matter. If Tennessee only falls from one to four and they win out and Georgia wins out, you know, you're looking at you got to put them in. Uh, even though at this point, as long as Georgia wins out, you'll play in the SEC championship game. Um, but – I don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions to be answered from there, and does the rankings matter? No, but it was disrespectful to me at least. It felt that way, not only to be moved from one, as the AP poll had us, all the way down to third, below Ohio State, who to me has proved nothing. Nothing. I don't care, I don't care what the eye test says. Coming into this, Georgia had a couple of rough games early in the season. They've picked it up since then, and they've been rocking and rolling for the past couple of weeks. And I had a guy tell me, oh, well, they didn't look very good against Florida. We looked great against Florida. There was one quarter in that entire game that Georgia might have not looked all that great, and defense started letting Florida back into the game. But by the fourth quarter, we shut it right back down and still beat them by three touchdowns, 22 actually, so a little bit more than that. Uh so that was one quarter, one quarter in an entire game. It wasn't an entire game where we're sitting there down to the wire like we did against Missouri, and it took down to the end of the game before us taking the lead. No, I'm not going to act like that game was that close because it wasn't. Uh but back into the Tennessee things here, Georgia at the half. You know we do, they do drive down and right there at the end of the half we do kick a field goal to go up 24 to six, and then from that point on, starting into the third quarter, it really started the the weather changed a lot, started raining a lot, and uh, I really feel like Kirby called the dogs off. I still think we could have tried to push to drive downfield, but you're up 24 to six on a team who has the number one scoring offense in the country. Let it sit. Let it sit. And then from that point on, Georgia went to the ground and we grinded it out for the rest of the game. For the rest of the game, we just kept throw, running it down their throat, didn't have to throw it much. Into the fourth quarter, it stopped raining. And that was an opportunity, and, and Tennessee took advantage of that and started to drive down the field again in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I also saw a tweet from a guy that said, uh, I'd love to see this game uh, without the rain, and let's just see what Tennessee does then. I don't think that matters, buddy, because before the rain, again, it's 24-6. to Twenty-four to six at one point. Georgia has the lead in this game without it raining. So I don't know that this game doesn't get a lot worse for Tennessee had that not happened. Because Georgia's defense was doing their job all night long. In the end we turn turn it down again. Another touchdown or another field goal, excuse me, from Jack Pod there right before the fourth quarter. Twenty-seven to six and then Took four minutes and 15 seconds left in the game before Tennessee finds the end zone on a Chaylin Wright five-yard touchdown. Make it a 27-213, and that was it. That's all she wrote. Georgia was able to run out the clock there for the rest of the game, and defense was able to stand up and hold up. Uh, I know just before this game, this line had actually moved all the way. Uh, I think it came out close to nine, eight and a half, nine, something like that last week, uh, Sunday this time last week. And then the line I saw drop as far as 7.5 the day before the game on Friday. And I was like, hmm, well, things are changing. But nonetheless, still, like 94% of the money was on Tennessee. Everybody was taking Tennessee, everybody. And I don't know what it is, but Vegas always knows something. They always know something. And so much so, when I woke up on Saturday, the line moved all the way back up to 9. All the way back up to 9 overnight. And that's because of a couple of big guys coming in with the money. But regardless – in this game, again, I picked it 38-31, to 31, thought it would be close. I didn't want to take any kind of a line on it as far as the line goes just because I was nervous to see exactly what would happen with this game. And, and again, I thought it would be a little bit closer, so I wasn't worried about that. But Vegas knew it. Obviously, you end up winning about two touchdowns in Vegas. Hey, they made their money back. They're not going to lose money. Look at here, the AP poll did just drop, and I do want to look at it. Just because the AP to me does matter somewhat in connection with uh, the uh, the college football playoff polls. Sometimes they're pretty close. They were a good bit off last week. But here's where we stand on the AP poll as it just drops. Georgia at the top, as as expected, with 62, 62 of the votes. 62 out of the 63 there. Only one vote going Ohio State's way. They do have Ohio State at second. Michigan third. TCU at 4th, Tennessee 5th, Oregon at 6, creeping their way up there, and then LSU 7, USC 8, UCLA 9, and Bama falling down to 10 with Ole Miss being right behind them, and that's a big game this weekend, 10 and 11 coming up. We'll talk about it when it comes. Clemson falling all the way down to 12th, finally, because, again, don't think Tennessee has been our Tennessee. Don't think Clemson has been all that good of a football team this year. Their defense seems to be pretty decent. Every week this week they were not, but their offense never gets the ball moving. Their offense is not a good football team. It's not a good unit on their football team this season. And that goes to prove it there. So, Dogs back on top again through the AP poll. Excited to see that expected to see that. We'll see what the college football playoff poll thinks when that time comes don't think that it would be any different if I I think I put up my top four last week if I had it I'd say Georgia is one Michigan's two uh, Ohio State three TCU four um, and then Tennessee right there on the outside looking in again because I I think Tennessee could beat TCU I think Tennessee could beat Ohio State Uh, I don't know about Michigan Michigan's look really good this year so that was kind of one of those things. I was not too sure how that would line up. But AP poll-wise, that's the way things line up there. Um, so that's it. That's at least one kind of fun thing to see if you care about the AP poll, which mattered this past week because they're the only team or the only unit uh, as far as a poll and, and ranking system goes. Uh, they, they got it right with Georgia. Georgia being at the top, they knew it. They put it out, kept it that way, and they're keeping it that same way this week, almost unanimous in that uh, for it. So – Again, dogs on top 27 to 13 in this game. What a good football game. Let's look, kind of look at some of the guys in here. Georgia finishes the game 387 total yards, Tennessee only 289. Georgia held to some of the least amount of yards in a game. So, credit out to Tennessee's defense somewhat, especially this second half when it did get rainy. Uh, Georgia really stopped moving the football, only gaining about 81 yards in that second half compared to Tennessee's 150 yards in that second half. Tennessee did outscore Georgia as well, seven to three in the second half, but it didn't matter because Georgia outscored them 24 to six in the first half. First half stats in this one, 306 yards for Georgia. Compared to 139 for Tennessee, again, like we just said, Georgia ends up with 387 on the night. They end up with 289. That's the two differences in it. Stetson at the half, 15 for 21, 226 yards, three total touchdowns, one on the ground, two in the air. And Henry Hooker was 12 for 16, 88 yards, one interception. He does end the night, 23 for 33, 195 yards with that one interception. Stetson only threw the ball four more times for the rest of the game and only gained, I don't know, like 30 more yards through the air, through two more completions for the rest of the night. So, was a little bit indifferent as far as that goes. We really took the air out of the ball for that second half, and and rightfully so. Again, when you're beating a team who has the number one offense in the country, at that point, run the clock. Run the clock, stop them from having the ball. You can't really throw the ball anyway, so try to protect it the best you can on the ground. Again, we fumbled it a couple times in this game. They threw an interception. They also fumbled it a couple times because of Jalen Carter, who made such a big difference in this game. And one of the other conversations that was coming into it is Georgia might, and I said this, Georgia is not necessarily a sacking football team, but we are a pressure-you-get-in-your-face defense. And I said that was going to be one of the keys, which will transition us straight into the keys to the game uh, for this week. One of the keys to that was we got to affect the quarterback and create turnovers. So let's jump to the keys of the game. We'll start offensively, even though we're talking about defense there. Offensively, the keys were we cannot have turnovers in this game. Didn't look all that great in that. Again, we turned the ball over three total times in this game. So that one's not really great. But converting third downs, did a great job of that. Our third down conversion rate, let's see. I had all my numbers pulled up here. Let me get it pulled up. Uh, da, 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 da. Give me just a second, guys. So unprofessional, not having all your information up there holding. Way to go, guy. No, I'm just kidding. All right, third down efficiency. We're seven for twelve, so we did very good on that. We were better than 50% on the night, holding Tennessee only to two for 14. So did very good. We did not have to go for fourth down in this game at all, which Georgia keeps that 100% record going on fourth down efficiency. They did. Ha- they did go for it five times. They were successful three times out of that. So pretty successful fourth down wise or third down wise. For Georgia, which was good, Tennessee was successful fourth down-wise. So we did convert down those third downs, and we kept chopping, kept chopping. We ran the ball in this game for 130 yards on a team who stopped the run pretty well, again, throwing the ball 257 yards. So I think we did all those fairly well, minus the turnover side of things. Defensively, and this was a huge one. This was a huge one, and this goes to our key Uh, and also really our players of the game is the defense of Georgia to come into this game and do what they were able to do. I said we got to affect the quarterback. We did it. We did it something serious at that point too. It wasn't just a, oh, well, you know, we can get in his face. No. Again, that was a conversation coming into it. Georgia's not really sacking anybody. We come into the season so far 10 sacks on the year. 10 sacks on the year. We sacked Hennon Hooker six times in this football game. Six times. That's 60% of what we've been getting through the rest of the season before now. So six times, eight tackles for loss. So we did our job as far as getting in the face, getting in the face of Hendon Hooker, affecting the quarterback. He wasn't able to run all that effectively on us either. Did a great job of that. Again, six sacks, eight tackles for loss. A couple of these guys getting those sack numbers in there for sure. Javon Bullard having two in this one. Jalen Carter with the one. Gets the two force fumbles as well. Uh, Chaz Chambliss, he's in there for a couple of uh, uh, tackles for loss as well. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, Trayvon Marshall, Warren Brinson, all of these guys getting in on the action of sacks. What a great game. Malik Starks does lead the charge again with ten total tackles in this game. Javon Bullard, all seven of his come solo, two of which are sacks, obviously tackled for a loss. Lighting it up. Keely Ringo looked good as well. Great tackling. Also great – uh. Great coverage, great coverage by him. I saw where post game coverage uh, Kirby was saying that Keeley actually reached out to him and said he wanted to meet with him and said that he will want, he wants height he wants he wants his number I want number 11 I want to be able to cover him and Kirby had to tell him hey. Uh, I'm not saying that you won't be on him, but but that's not our game plan. You know, let us get a game plan together, and we'll go from there on determining where you need, where we need you, uh, and and everybody bought into that. So credit out to Keeley for listening and doing what he needed to do on that. Uh, just listening to Kirby, because Kirby knows, Kirby knows, and we've learned that through the years. Just listen, listen. So we affected the quarterback, did that great, created the turnovers which we needed to do. We were elite, especially in that secondary. I said coming into this one. We have to be elite because if you're gonna if you're gonna win this game, you got to be elite. So that's all there is to it. That's a, that's how we turn out. Not so great offensively on the no turnover side of things, uh, but we converted the third downs. We kept chopping, and then you look uh, on the other side defensively. We affected the quarterback very very much. So did we affect the quarterback? Create the turnovers, and we were also very very elite again, holding the top team in the country as far as offensive stats and things of that nature go. Uh, we did a great job at it. Great job holding them just to 13 points in this football game. One touchdown, which again came with less than five minutes left to go in this game. What a football game again. 38-31 to 31 was my prediction. Don't come close on it, but I trust me. Trust me when I say I'm A-OK on this football game. Uh, Your stat leaders, Stetson, we talked about him, Kenny McIntosh led the charge on the ground, 52 yards on the ground. Stetson had that one rush for 13 yards and a touchdown to John Edwards, 46. Did actually see Kendall Milton back in this game as well, so nice to see that he's starting to get some reps back up uh, and get it building as well. Lab McConkey leads the charge through the air, 94 yards with a touchdown. Kenny Mack, 57 yards, no touchdowns. Arian Smith with that huge 52-yard grab. He was key. Again, I think he's one of the fastest guys in college football, definitely one of the fastest guys on Georgia's football team, if not the fastest. So seeing him get healthy and back in this football game means a lot Too glad to see uh, that as well. Marcus rosemary Jack Saint, he goes 20 yards in this game as well. Brock Bowers, 27. Uh, Marcus also had that touchdown across the middle there. So, Great football game. Great football game. Georgia did their job. We were elite. So excited to see this. There was so much talk coming into this game. I I wasn't really nervous, oddly, coming into this game. I never really had nerves. And I think a lot of that is because the college football playoff committee put us at third. And it was like, oh, it's one thing if you had put us at second. Maybe I could have understood that. But the fact that you put us at third, that just lit a fire more under me. And it doesn't matter. I'm not on the field playing. Um. Lit a fire more into me where I was. I wasn't concerned because I knew Kirby was going to take that to heart. He was going to let the players know it as well. Hey, they don't think you're the best team in the country. You're not. So you got to go out there and prove it. You want to prove it? You do it on the field, and then you show them who the number one team in the country is. And Georgia did that twenty-seven to thirteen over at the time, number one Tennessee, and uh, the dogs back on top now. So glad to see that. Let's look at some of the other big games around the country because there were some very, very, very big football games around the country this. Weekend and some of which came in the SEC. I'm on, we're going to go through the SECs first. Liberty takes care. I say takes care. Liberty was whooping Arkansas at one point in this game, but they end up winning 21 to 19. Arkansas couldn't get the two point conversion there at the end of the football game. Liberty wins 21 to 19. Then you get Auburn and Mississippi State. Mississippi State rolled away with this game. And then Auburn comes screaming all the way back after firing Brian Harson uh, this past Monday. Cadillac Williams taking over there in coaching position. Uh, but, anyways, so back to it here. Uh, Kentucky, Missouri, that was another pretty tight one there. Kentucky holds on in the end as well to win at 21-17. Florida absolutely dominating Texas A&M. Granted, Texas A&M was without a lot of their players due to the flu. Hopefully that's something that doesn't jump up on Georgia. I know Georgia and Kirby even said in the postgame he had two guys come up to him yesterday morning, and they actually tested positive for the flu. So they were actually out uh, in this game as well. So that's something to remember there as well. Hopefully moving forward, I mean, my wife has been dealing with it for, for a couple of weeks now. She's been sick. Um, so hopefully that's not something we have to deal with moving forward because that can hurt you. When you start to get some pretty important guys who are down and out or can't really play, and, again, they're important to the team, say a and Bennett, say a running back, say some of these big guys, Jalen Carter, Jamon Dumas-Johnson on defense, all of a sudden that hurts you a lot. But it's next man up again. You have to get in there and be able to play and I know SEC Championship game last year, Georgia Tech last year, I think Georgia was battling that, so hopefully we can get past that and that not affect the team too much coming into these next few games. We got Mississippi State coming this weekend, um, so that will matter a little bit as we go forward, but Florida does take care of Texas A&M, 41 to 24, South Carolina, Uh Andy gave them everything they could, but South Carolina pulls it out 38 to 27, and then the big one in the nightcap, Alabama falling to LSU, the second loss of the season for Alabama, their playoff hopes phew, dashed. I don't know how in the world they could get back in unless just everything goes wrong in the top five uh, for them to jump all the way back up from tenth into this. LSU surprised me. I'll give them. I'll give them that credit. They did surprise me because I did not think they were worthy of being ranked in that ten spot um, after beating Ole Miss. I mean, I, again, I don't. I don't know. Ole Miss is still a pretty decent football team, but I don't know that that really impressed me all that much. Uh, just seeing kind of some of the way that Ole Miss has had to play. So I was I was a little surprised by it, um, but they took care of business. They took care of business, and sadly enough, you know, Bryce Young is a very good football player, but he has nobody to throw the football to, nobody. And I think that's the difference in this season for Alabama. Unfortunately, it's going to go down that way. LSU winning that one in overtime, 32-31. to 31. Credit out to Brian Kelly because – you got to have some nads about you to go for two right there at the end, and he did. He laid them on the table, and that's all there was to it. Uh, and we'll jump into some of the picks, at least through the SEC real quick from this week. A lot better this week. Took Georgia over Tennessee, didn't take the spread. Did take South, Car- or, yeah, South Carolina over Vandy, minus 6.5. That hits a 3-0 start. Thought Mississippi State was just going to walk right on out with it and keep my coverage on the spread there. They didn't, so I ended up going 1-1 in that game. But that's still 4-1, and and then Alabama falling to LSU. I thought it might be a little bit of a rebound, especially after the bye week last week. It's been nice not having to hear from them, and all of a sudden we're not going to hear very much from them moving forward. So I end the night 4-2, and two. overall 38-29-2. and two. So, or, Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So not too bad on the picks this week, but we'll take it what it is. Some of the other really big games around the country as well uh, that are probably scrolling across the bottom there. Clemson, number four Clemson falling to Notre Dame 35-14. Uh, and, again, some of these are – Again, just big games. Ohio State barely taking care of Northwestern, 21-7. to Michigan throttling Rutgers, 52-17. to TCU getting by Texas Tech, 34-24. Oregon waxing. Waxing Colorado, 49-10. to Again, love to see them continue to win. Uh, USC squeaking it by with California, 41-35. UCLA taking care of business against Arizona State, 52-36. So that's kind of how some of those things wrap up. Ole Miss, the last win they had was against Texas A&M, 31-228. Not a very big win there. They got a big one coming up this weekend uh, against Alabama. So that is what it is. We've done our dogs of the Week, again, which just goes out to that Georgia defense. Right now, after this past weekend, Georgia on the line, 11th in the country at points per game offensively, defensively, second in the country, holding teams to 10.8. And, again, number one in the AP poll. And We'll continue to see if that number sticks, which I, I fully believe that it will. Because, again, I just think Georgia's defense defense used to win championships. And I think that's going to continue to be the same trend as we move forward with Georgia's defense. I think Georgia lines up in a very good position to be able to move forward throughout the rest of the season. you got Mississippi State, which we're going on the road to this coming weekend. We head to Lexington after that against Kentucky. And then you get Georgia Tech at home to end the season, which is a big one. Which is a big one. Um, not the Georgia Tech game necessarily, but this, these last couple of games. Like we said at the preseason, the end of this schedule is going to be the one that shapes up the toughest when you have Florida, even though it's neutral side in Jacksonville. Obviously, Tennessee coming to to us, I told you guys, probably start of the season November 5th. You better circle it. Definitely a few weeks ago it was, hey, this is the biggest game of the of the week, year for Georgia. Might even be some called it the game of the century. Um And it may have turned out that the Alabama-LSU game ended up being that. But nonetheless, this second half of the season is the toughest. You're on the road at Mississippi State. You're on the road at Kentucky. Just like Kirby told you yesterday, atmospheres matter. Playing on the road in the SEC is tough. Sanford Stadium did that. Sanford Stadium showed you that playing on the road is tough. They made it a loud atmosphere. Mississippi State's going to do the same thing with the number one team in the country coming Kentucky the week after that in Lexington, they're going to do the same thing Thing when that time comes. Uh, so we have to come and we have to be prepared. I don't have it needed doubt in my mind uh, that Kirby's going to have these dogs ready, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited, looking forward to see what Georgia can do throughout the rest of the season. Again, I appreciate you guys being here and listening. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at DogTalk20. Again. Uh, again, we're back up on YouTube. Make sure you guys like the video if you're watching. I appreciate it. And subscribe. Um, some of the other things... Make sure you guys give us a five star review there on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Support the show if you want. The link is in the description as well. We are also on Instagram if you guys want to check us out there. Other than that, appreciate you guys listening. We'll check in with you guys as we get prepared for Mississippi State later in the week. Good dogs.